and welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist and personal trainer, and I live on a small hobby farm. I have a huge passion for bodybuilding, but I don't fall into the typical bodybuilding mold. The naysayers, they can have their bro science. Yep, I said it. I'm a natural health and nutrition nerd. Some would call me a granola, but that couldn't be further from the wrong word. I stay away from the typical processed, standard American diet, and I don't eat granola. I created this podcast to share my health journey and the many things I've learned in my quest to find what it takes to live a mindful, happy, balanced life for all humans, not just athletes. I hope to help you discover your inner nerd and help you make some hefty deposits into your knowledge bank account that can help you crack your health code. If you have a massive salt deficit and you're taking this huge salt load, they're like, I feel great. I feel wonderful. Don't have the keto flu. Well, it's, and I took this product. It's not, I don't think it's the ketones. It's the salt. It's the salt portion of that. You could save a lot of money and just go buy. Do I have here the pink Himalayan sea salt pills? Actually, I got it right here. The, you know, from Amazon, just pink Himalayan sea salt capsules and, you know, save a lot of money. It's the salt. Secondly, the companies will frequently sell them with caffeine. So, so what you're feeling is this massive caffeine. One I just saw had 150 milligrams, so a cup and a half of coffee. And the ketones that are in there, even the small amount, actually increase the delivery of, those key, of, those, um, of that caffeine. So it actually is more like two to three cups of coffee. And they're like, oh, these ketones are great. Well, that's caffeine. Like, Go save some money, buy some salt pills. Hello, hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to have Frank Yosa on the podcast today. He is the founder and CEO of Ketone Aid. It is an exogenous ketone company. They have one of the top ketone esters in the world, and many high-performance athletes are using it to supplement into their training and competition modalities, but not only are there athletes and high performance um, people out there doing it, it's also people in the mental performance game. So we have people that are using this product for mental acuity and all of that. Um, so as far as ketones, what are ketones? There are so many people out there that are like, well, what the heck? I don't do the keto diet. I don't need ketones. And people don't even know what it is. And You hear the word more and more because the ketogenic diet has become popular, but a lot of people don't know that everybody can use this for performance, for mental acuity, for deep sleep, but there's a lot of big benefits that you can get from ketones without having to be in ketosis. So today, Frank is going to come on the podcast and talk a lot about the benefits of using exogenous ketones. He's also going to talk with us about the difference between ketone esters and ketone salts, and then also other ketone products that are on the market that may not be beneficial to your performance. Uh, so today I'm really excited to have him on the show. He is got a lot of knowledge to share with us, and it's going to be a great conversation. Now, I know I sound like a broken record, but you can hit the pause button, pop on over, leave me a review, 
helps me immensely. It helps me get professionals on this podcast that can talk about their knowledge and share it with us. It also helps my podcast be discovered by others, which is super important. So uh, I spent a lot of time on this podcast. Just pay me back by going and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. I don't ask for anything more than that. I am not sponsored by anyone. I receive zero dollars, not one cent for having this podcast out there. So my payment is a wonderful review from you. So if you could do that, I would be heavily appreciative. Anyway, before I ramble on much further, I'm so excited to have Frank Yosa on the podcast. Here he is. All right, Frank, I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. So you are the CEO of Ketone Aid, which I recently started incorporating into my training. Uh, and it was kind of funny because it was brought to me by a friend who is ketogenic. And she was like, have you tried the, these ketone esters? And I was like, oh gosh, more fad stuff. I'm totally, I hate all these fad things that are out there. And so anyway, after a while, I kind of sat on it and did some research and I was like, I'm going to go for this. And it was a really great decision. So I decided to get you on the show. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I like talking to someone who's actually used it. It makes it a lot, a lot easier to talk about. I love that. Yeah. And I've been, uh, using it pretty frequently lately. Lately I'm, uh, training for an endurance bicycle race. And so looking at all different modalities in order to see what will best fuel me for that performance. Yeah. And try and reduce the amount of glucose you can, you know, in that performance, that'd be, that'd be ideal. That's yeah. the dirty fuel. That's the one that causes the problem. So if you can skip it, that'd be great. Absolutely. Well, let's get my my uh, listeners rolling with uh, what you do, what got you into it, all that. Sure. Yeah. Quick quick backstory. My my <laughs> wife's godfather is Dr. Richard Beach. He's the NIH <laughs> scientist that has been that was he he re recently passed away. He was working on this for 30, 40 years. Hans Krebs. And actually, there's a book that actually just launched yesterday about um, Dr. Beach's life, uh, Ketones, The Fourth Fuel by Travis Christopherson on Amazon. Take a look at that. Um, so I got into it with, uh, with, with him, and you know, he'd been working on this for 30, 40 years, was kind of frustrated, and I was trying to help him raise some money, and the pitch went like this. We want people to pay $60 a day for a nearly vomit-inducing nasty drink. Please give us some money. And, you know, the VCs were just like, you know, we have 20 other proposals of, you know, great tasting things. And, you know, so I decided then to put my money where my mouth was, put a mortgage on my house and just go all in and, and do it properly, uh, build a lab here in the U.S. and actually manufacture, you know, this drink that we're, that we're making right now. And it's called a, a ketone ester. And let me briefly, many of you might already know how this works, but I'll try and recap it for some people. So the, the category is called exogenous ketones. Exogenous means that you drink the ketones externally as opposed to endogenous ketones, which is when you are fasting, multi-day fasting or ketosis, where your body goes into this natural emergency of fuel state. When you, are lack, when you have lack of fuel, your body will go to your fat reserves, burn the fat and release ketones, also known as beta-hydroxybutyrate, into your bloodstream, and that is the fuel source that your body can use. 
So your body can use mainly two fuel sources, sugar and ketones, beta-hydroxybutyrate. But because, like Dr. Beach said, there's McDonald's on every corner, most people never experienced their entire life, never experienced ketones. Maybe if they skip dinner and they wake up in the morning, they might have a tiny amount of ketones, but for the most part, you know, they don't live on ketones. Um, so this exogenous ketones, it, it's, it's misrepresented, I think, in the industry. Uh, 50 different companies selling it, all telling you that you drink this drink and you will get into ketosis. Let me explain that real fast. Um, it depends how you define ketosis. I think it should be separated into a phrase, exogenous ketosis, ketosis that's because you drank it and it goes to your blood, and then endogenous ketosis, which is you know, you're, you've been fasting and your body's making it. Why is that important? Because someone says, you know, you're sitting on the couch doing nothing and watching TV and you're drinking this drink and you're in ketosis, the customer hears, oh, I'm burning fat. But that's actually not the case. It's actually the opposite. It, you're skipping that crucial step, that beneficial step of burning fat if, you're, if your goal is weight loss. Um, you're skipping that step and then the, the ketones are just going directly into your blood. You're not burning fat. So there's a lot of misunderstanding. People think that they can use this to get back uh, on the horse, you know, if they have a cheat day or, you know, this will erase cake and no, you will gain weight if you actually try to use it this way. But a lot of companies are selling it that way and it just doesn't work. So exogenous ketones are externally consumed ketones, but most of the ketones that are on the market, the, the less expensive stuff is what's called ketone salts. And the way that it works is beta-hydroxybutyric acid the, the ketone that your body makes is an acid. So if you drank it directly by itself, it would you know, burn a hole in your gut. So the idea here is that they add a base to it, a salt. So salt can be sodium, magnesium, calcium, potassium. They'll add those bases to, to the ketones. But the problem there is that the, the ketone, uh, the, the base load, the amount of salt is just massive, just you know, two to four grams of salt. So that's one of the two problems with the ketone salts. Now, if you're a motocross racer and you're going to be sweating massive amounts and you're already going to be consuming two to four grams of salt anyhow, then that's fine. I've always said, yeah, go ahead. Here's the brand you know, that you should buy my competitors. Don't buy these other you know, 98%. So that's fine. But the salt load is too massive for most people. And I'm all for more salt. I wake up in the morning and I take salt pills. But you know, excess salt will result in water retention and stuff like that. So the other problem with most ketone salts, not all of them, is that they are racemic. Racemic means that uh, only half of the molecule is bioavailable. So you might have seen on supplements something called L-theanine, L-theanine or D-ribose. So sometimes it's the D form that's bioavailable, sometimes it's the L form. Well, with ketones, it happens to be the D form. And to make it more confusing, sometimes it's referred to as R and S, kind of like the metric system. So the R and the D, those are the two good forms. But most of them are racemic. So what happens is you still have this racemic acid, meaning half uh, cr creates ATP in your body, creates energy, and the other half, you know, some people say does signaling, but for the most part, no energy is created. But then you have to have uh, salt load for both of those. So then when you read in the package that it says 12 grams of ketone salts, it's really only like six grams or even five grams of actual ketones because they're counting the weight of the ion, it's a, it's, a, it's a trick. You say 12 grams of ketone salt. Well, all you care about is the ketone part, but there's a lot of weight over here. So 12 grams is really only like five grams of actual ketones. So 
those are the ketone salts. There's a couple of companies, Prove It is one of them that sells uh, ketone salts that are the D form. I don't work for Prove It, and you know they are a multi-level marketing company, and you know I don't agree with some of their advertising practices. But when people complain to me about the company, I say, would you rather buy a good product from a company you don't like or a bad product from a company you do like? So which one? So you know I, that's the quality, higher quality, all natural. Well, I don't know if it's all natural, but it's more natural. It's a fermentation process as opposed to the other stuff that's very, very chemical. Wikipedia is wrong when it says that ketone salts are natural and ketone esters are synthetic. It's, it's the reverse. Ours has always been all natural fermentation process. So that's the ketone salts. So the solution for the ketone ester is taking beta-hydroxybutyrate and bonding uh, a molecule called 1,3-butane-diol, diol, also the D-form, D-form on both sides. So this means that you don't have to have any salt load whatsoever. So the quantity that you can take is much, much higher. So that's why the Tour de France teams buy this stuff sometimes in the you know, $100,000 order for the Tour de France. And they were, they've been using it for five or six years you know, secretly. Um, and now just recently it's been you know, exposed that they are, they are using it. So with the ketone esters, people think of them as expensive, but what they're not looking at is the cost per gram to raise your blood one millimolar. So yeah, we do have a, you know, this one version called KE4 that is about 30 bucks a bottle. But what we found was we kind of missed the mark on the dosing. People were taking one cap full, like literally the cap accidentally became the measuring tool. So when you do one cap full, well, that's, you know, two bucks and 50 cents worth. So it, you got to really be comparing uh, what the cost is to raise your blood ketones one millimolar. And you can only test them with blood meters, not with breath meters or urine strips. So those, that's, that's the difference. You can take a lot more. You don't have the salt load problem. And uh, a couple more reasons why people sometimes like the ketone salts. When they're entering into ketosis, you need massive amounts of salt load. When people say, oh, well, I didn't like keto. And, and I said, did you add a lot of salt? And they said, well, I put a lot of salt in my eggs. I said, did you take off and unscrew the top of your container? of the salt container and add salt. They're like, oh, I didn't do that. It's like, well, that's why you got the keto flu. So what happens when people take these ketone salts? Well, if you have a massive salt deficit and you're taking this huge salt load, they're like, I feel great. I feel wonderful. Don't have the keto flu. Well, it's, and I took this product. It's not, I don't think it's the ketones. It's the salt. It's the salt portion of that. You could save a lot of money and just go buy, do I have here the pink Himalayan sea salt pills? Actually, I got it right here. The, you know, from Amazon, just pink Himalayan sea salt capsules and, you know, save a lot of money. It's the salt. Secondly, the companies will frequently sell them with caffeine. So, so what you're feeling is this massive caffeine. One I just saw had 150 milligrams, so a cup and a half of coffee. And the ketones that are in there, even the small amount, actually increase the delivery of those, key, of those, um, of that caffeine. So, it actually is more like two to three cups of coffee. And they're like, oh, these ketones are great. Well, that's caffeine. Like, Go save some money, buy some salt pills. When you actually take the ketone ester and it works, the energy people say, well, it's hard to describe. They all say that. It's more of a flow state, like a ninja that's like super focused, but high energy without you know, the jitters and the bouncing, bouncing all around. So the ketone esters is also where all the science is and all the experiments all the papers are done on the ketone esters the stuff on the ketone salts just don't work because it's just a tiny amount salt load creates other problems um also with the ketone salts people say it stops working after two weeks 
And the reason for that is you need that massive salt load for two weeks. Well, after two weeks, your body stabilizes, doesn't need the salt, the massive salt load, and then you can't put on your ring fingers, and then you start gaining weight, water weight, from the excess salt. So it's just, I think it's just complete garbage, these racemic ketone salts. The non-racemic version, not as bad. And we actually made a version that is um, the amount of ketone, it, it's half ketone ester, the active, half ketone ester, 25% free acid, that beta-hydroxybutyrate by itself that I said you couldn't drink all of it because it'd be too acidic, and then 25% ketone salts. So there's nothing wrong with salts as long as it's you know uh, a small enough amount, and that drink tastes much better than the, the other stronger one and has six times more water. The stronger one, people say it tastes like you know uh, a shot of tequila, cough medicine. <laughs> it's pretty rough, and you, you gotta you gotta dilute it and stuff. Even I, you know, I cringe and I, I sometimes I drink it at night. I'm like, man, people drink this like this is this is pretty bad. And my wife makes fun of me because I dilute mine with just a splash of water. You don't want to put it in a big water because it makes it taste you know, a nasty big drink. But my wife drinks it straight and she's like, you know, how are you not drinking your own drink, you know, straight? I was like, it's pretty rough. So. I, I love hearing you say this right now, Frank, because I'll, I'll take a shot of that stuff and I'm like, ah! and my husband's like, what the heck is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm telling you, I thought NyQuil was bad, but this stuff is like over the top bad. It's like, it is pretty rank, but it's worth it. <laughs> so yeah. Well, so, some people have asked, you know, did we make it taste so bad on purpose just for the placebo effect? Like, oh, it's so bad. It's, it's, it's got to work. And we didn't do that. But there are some techniques and some people actually have said, Frank, you know, my, my mother takes this and she actually likes the taste and people actually have grown accustomed. Yeah, they've grown accustomed to liking it, but you, you can splash it with, you know, two parts water or sparkling water and take it down, makes it, you know, much more manageable. It's 50% active and normally drinks only have two to 5% active. So that's also part of it. It's just massively concentrated. So if you just put a splash, you know, get a little shot glass, one cap full of ester and two capfuls of cold water or even exponentially better uh, a sparkling water it, you know it's not that bad so you said a lot there and you gave us a lot of information so I'm gonna back up and we're gonna kind of work All through right. this a little bit but uh, so when my friend first told me about this stuff she's like uh, she kind of got into the keto diet through me and when she first um, brought it to me my first thought was okay well you're taking exogenous ketones that's not gonna make you go into ketosis and then the other thing I was thinking was, well, you want to be making your own so that you can be oxidizing your own fat for fuel instead of using fuel that you've introduced to the system. And so that was my original thought was like, okay, well, if you're trying to lose weight, though, you probably don't want to bring these on. And she was like, no, I do, though, because they are giving me like way more energy. My workouts are a lot more sustainable. And so I said, you know, hey, cool, you, you got to do what works for you. And then I kind of poo-pooed it off to the side. So then I start moving into the endurance space a lot more. And I'm like, okay, I'm in ketosis, but I want an extra push. Or say in the afternoon when my levels dip a little bit, I, I want to get some mental clarity and, and all these things, all these benefits that I get from being in ketosis myself. And so after getting into the endurance scene and not worrying about losing weight and then also uh, my mental clarity thing, I was like, well, I'm going to give it a try. I, I've, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of research. It's about time to try it. And when I did, I was very pleasantly surprised at the results that I got from it. So um, I think it, it may not be a weight loss tool. However, there are benefits to helping your workouts as far as, as that 
particular portion of it goes. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I can talk to that. We get that all the time. If I'm already keto, why don't, wouldn't I just make my own ketones for free? Why would I drink exogenous ketones? I have an explanation for that. So if you're a glucose based person, you could do a fasted workout or you could do a workout where you shove some gel packs, which workout is going to have a higher performance. It's going to be the one with the gel pack. It's just more instant energy. So you already have glucose in your system, but you're loading up on a gel pack. So it's exactly like that for a keto based person. They're making their own ketones, just like the glucose people, but now they can actually exogenously take more ketones and have more of that fuel that they can instantly use. So it's, it's just like a glucose based person uh, adding gels. Now, fasting workouts are particularly, it's particularly more beneficial with fasted workouts. We've had some people that, you know, they normally do a gel pack, 200 calories of a gel pack before their workout. And then they say, okay, and they're a non-keto person. And they say, okay, well, we'll take, you know, 25 calories worth, you know, a couple bucks worth of ketone ester and, and see if the performance gain is, is better. And they see no performance gain. You went from 200 calories of gel to 20 calories of ketones and you're scratching your head, you know, why didn't I get the performance gain? So you're not going to see it there, but a Tour de France athlete, they do a lot of their workouts fasted. Why do they do workouts fasted? They do it partly for weight loss, but secondly, for recovery and being able to do more hard workouts more frequently. So they're, they're okay with their numbers being lower. So five or 10 Watts lower for many, many weeks. They're fine with that. They know that they can pop a gel and pop back up, but they can be at this, you know, artificially lower numbers, but still be building their muscles, still be doing, you know, more workouts more frequently. And I even heard of a bodybuilding team where the entire team, no ketone ester, just did the ketogenic diet all year. And then game day, they brought in the glucose and just blew everyone away. One seven out of, out of 10 spots because they could do more hard workouts instead of one or two hard workouts, you know, uh, a week for certain body parts, they can do three or four. That is where the gain is. Everyone focuses on game day. Well, you know, steroids don't help anyone you know, win football games. They, you know, help them <laughs> multiple weeks running up to it. So it's, it's a, it's a common question that people have. You know, if I'm making my own, why do I need to add more? It is that. It's just adding more on top of whatever you're already making. Now, it's a question whether it stops endogenous production or not. The jury's out. You know, some people, some scientists say that if you hit three to four millimolar, then why should your body be making, and that would be, you know, taking $10, $20 worth. Why should your body make an emergency fuel if you just drank it? So, yeah, it, it can stop short-term uh, your body burning fat, and that freaks people out. But um, what it can do is if it helps you skip that lunch, helps you skip that meal, and you have many more hours of not eating, yeah, well, then you're going to have more endogenous production because you haven't eaten for longer. And you know, some people take it before their workout. Um, but I've said to them, if you're already going to work out seven days a week and you're already going to work 30 minutes every single workout, you know, taking endogenous ketones might you know, bring up your watts five or 10 but that's not necessarily going to, you know, we don't know, but I don't know if that's really going to necessarily make you lose weight. Um, Cause you're, you know, if you just did the fasted workout, your body's going to be taxed and, you know, stressed and making the body make more energy. That might be the better solution. So some, you know, people using it for weight loss will take it after the workout. Cause they say after the workout, I'm ravished. And I go take one of those protein shakes or go take, you know, I, I eat all this food, but instead now they take the ketone ester more of the, 
replenishment for their brain and for their muscles, and then they can you know, not eat for a few hours, well, what is that gonna do? That's, it might not be burning fat immediately, but if it helps you not eat 500 calories, that's gonna add up if you do that on a daily basis. And Frank, I'm so glad that you brought that up, actually, because it was really interesting. I know I, being ketogenic these days, I'm never hungry, which you never, I never in my life would have thought I would have been saying that. When I was a glucose burner, I was starving all the time. Like, I couldn't stop eating. At one point, I was like, do I have an eating disorder? Because I'm hungry all the time, and then when I start, I can't stop. So, yeah. There was a lot of questions in my head. I was like, this is a miserable life. How do people stay skinny when they're so hungry like this all the time? However, I will say this, being in ketosis, I am not hungry ever. It's very hard for me to push myself to eat. Uh, and that also being said, though, I'm doing a lot of mileage cycling. And the other day I was on an 81 mile ride and about 30 miles in, I was doing it fasted because I've been doing a lot of experiments with fasted workouts. Also, I don't like to eat a whole bunch of food and then try to perform on it. It just doesn't do well for me. I do the best fasted. So I decided to do this 81 mile ride fasted and I brought my ketone salts with me. Uh, I also have your guys' esters, but I throw ketone salts in my pack because I'm sweating a lot. So I need to get that extra salt in anyways. Um, and then also for the ketones. And so about 30 miles in, I was starting to get a little bit hungry. I could tell that my fuels were dipping just a little bit. And I pulled over and I drank a whole bottle of ketone salt. Your KE, uh, it's the KE. KE one, yeah. One, okay. I drank a whole, yep, that one right there. I drank a whole bottle of that. And I'm not even kidding you. It wasn't five minutes and I wasn't hungry anymore. And I was like, it was like, I never was hungry. And I was like, dang, I like this. You know, like I, I felt like I was totally rejuvenated and I didn't eat anything, but yeah. I think so we had someone that, you know, wanted to use it for weight loss. And he said, you know, I, I lost 40 pounds on the ketogenic diet. And I just, I hit, uh, you know, I just hit a blockage. I wasn't losing anymore. And then I walked, walked it through with him and he was eating three times a day. And he, he took the ketone ester, you know, a couple times an hour before the meals, I said, well, were you hungry when you took the ketone ester? He's like, no. And you still ate afterward? Were you hungry when you ate them three meals? And he said, no. Well, what do you think the ketones were going to do? Like, it doesn't magically burn fat. If you're not hungry, the ketones aren't going to make you, there's no benefit of making you more not hungry. So I said to him, you got to start skipping some meals. Like, if you're not hungry, why are you eating? You're eating out of habit. So skip the breakfast, skip the lunch. And then, you know, if you can do it without esters, great. If you do it with esters and that helps you, you know, get all the way through the end of the day or, or do, you know, two meals a day, then that's going to be 500 calories less per day. And that's where you're going to get the benefit. And if you can slowly wean off the ketone esters, because I think here's the problem with all these exogenous ketones that claim weight loss. And they even say scientifically proven, like they took two placebo groups, gave them both things that tasted nasty and, and the ketone group you know, lost more weight. But all of that doesn't matter because that's placebo control, but you are the placebo. So if you take this, if you take this drink and you attribute all of this benefit to the drink, you're not going to own your struggles with food. And, and if you start you know, cheating, you're going to blame the drink and it's not you. So it's more about not eating crap and eating well first. And now if you use the exogenous ketones to kind of you know, help you transition 
fine, but you really want to get off of it. You really want to get to where you are now, which is, you know, no exogenous ketones for weight loss and hunger and just find a way, um, you know, to do keto and just and not be hungry. Now, you know, we also don't recommend people take our ketone ester for first timers going into a ketogenic diet. And, and it could be much easier of a sell for us if we said, hey, take this, you know, transition. But here's the problem. 80% of people do ketogenic diets wrong the first time. Absolutely. And 100, yeah. And 100% of those people are going to blame me. Like literally, they're just going to say, oh, it didn't work for me and your drink didn't work. Like, no, no, no. So, so go do the hard boot camp of doing the ketogenic diet wrong, getting the keto flu and then having to Google keto flu. And then, you know, when you're coming back and doing it the second or third time, yeah, then you can incorporate some ketone esters along the way. So when you have that brain fog, you can kind of, you know, lift that brain fog, that, that transition period when you're lowering your glucose, so your brain has less fuel, but you haven't really cranked up your, your ketones yet. You can use it for that. But uh, another trick that Ryan Lowry taught me was get on a bicycle and do 30 seconds all out sprint, just actually quickly deplete your glycogen. So then your ketones have to ram up as opposed to doing this slow transition where you're slowly going down just burn up all the glucose right away or start with a 24-hour fast and just pull off the band-aid and, and go straight into it when you do slow transitions it's just going to be longer and longer of having just no fuel source along the way absolutely and that's actually i hear that so frequently people are like well i tried the keto diet and it didn't work i just felt like crap or i tried it and it didn't work period or they always have all these things or low energy or headaches or you know you name it um but that's the two biggest mistakes i see first of all people think that ketogenic diet means that you just cut out carbs that's the number one mistake and they eat more meat they yeah eat more meat. Ag absolutely and the big problem with that is then you have a tendency, your body, especially if you're a sugar burner, your body has a tendency to try to get glucose wherever it can. And so then it starts finding it in protein via gluconeogenesis. And then guess what? You're not actually getting into ketosis there either because your body is keeping its blood sugar regulated by turning that protein into muscle glycogen, liver glycogen, all that fun stuff. So you, you really got to get a blood meter. You got to do a blood meter, not urine strips. You got to do, you got to throw away your scale. And your mm -hmm. new scale is the blood meter. So it's just your, your daily, and then it can turn into weekly. Your daily task is to see what you ate the night before and, and test your blood ketones. Are you really in ketosis? Because most of those people aren't in ketosis. Uh, no, they're not. And then the other big problem is, is when you are in ketosis, you need more sodium and more magnesium and more potassium. You need all of these things and people don't get enough of that. People are kind of saltophobiacs, I think a little bit in our, in our health scene. And so they don't get enough of that. And then they find themselves also suffering from lots of ramifications of that. So, um, you know, when you're, when you're not producing insulin, your kidneys are going to be letting go of a lot more sodium and you know, that causes all sorts of other little side effects. So when people say they don't get along with keto, there's another big potential there, which is not, is a bad electrolyte balance basically. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you a quick story. And the way I've explained it was uh, glucose, every molecule of glucose is attached to a molecule of water. So when you deprive yourself of glucose, all the water comes rushing out of your system. So five pounds of water weight. People love the ketogenic diet because they think that they're losing weight quickly, but they're not. It's water. You're just peeing it out. But with that goes a ton of electrolytes. And when my wife and I were first experimenting with this about five years ago, she's a little bit more sensitive. And she was literally in a fetal position in bed, racing hard, eyes bulging, headache, in the shakes. Like, what have you done to me? I, I, I'm, I'm 
collapsing, uh, I was able to call Dr. Veach and a few other people and they said, you know, give her 20 salt pills. And I was like, 20 salt pills that would look like I was overdosing her. But that the funny thing is that 20 salt pills is still only half of a serving of ketone salts. So one serving of ketone salts seems reasonable, but mm -hmm. you know, 20 salt pills seems insane. Within 15 minutes, she was up and walking around completely fine. So massive salt depletion. Another lady, 90 years old, her do doctor told her to go on a ketogenic diet, but didn't give her the right instructions. And then she was rushed to the hospital two days later. And I said, I can tell you. And she said that it took them a few hours. They couldn't figure out what it was. I said, I can tell you what it was. She's like, how can you tell me what it was? Two of the doctors were from Harvard and they couldn't figure it out for two hours. I said, it was low sodium. She goes, how did you know that? Like they couldn't figure it out. They're scratching their head. Did you tell them that you were on a ketogenic diet? I didn't think that was related. Boom. So it, it, it's a massive problem, which is again, why people think that the ketone salts work, but it's just the salt portion. Go save yourself. Uh, I do the pink Himalayan sea salts in the morning. Um, even while I'm keto, I'll still do some, but if, if one is entering keto, you want to do three to four times more. And then some potassium citrate. I get this one pill that's 200 milligrams even though all the other ones are 100 milligrams. One company has 200, so I can take less pills. And then at nighttime, I do the magnesium to help for cramps. If you get any cramps at night, you're just massively salt. Uh, you're under on your salt, and you need to load your salt for like four to five days. One night of cramping is like four to five days of having to load up. So I'll do the magnesium at night, and then uh, uh, sodium and potassium in the morning, and sometimes in the afternoon, I'll grab a little bit of that. I don't do too much magnesium during the day because it can actually can make you relax and yeah quiet. yeah you don't want to be sleeping during your work day especially not a busy guy like you so i understand the magnesium thing i also try to do my magnesium in the evenings before i go to bed because it works out a whole lot better for me as far as my sleep and stuff goes too so um, yeah. And have, then you tried the ketone, have you tried the ketone ester for sleep yet? I did. You, so you recommended it and I was like, okay, this is kind of weird because I don't know why in the heck you would do that, but I'm going to give it a try. So I'm a huge biofeedback person. I track basically everything. It's ridiculous. Actually, I should just not be so crazy about it. Sometimes. Drum roll. <laughs> but, but yeah, anyway, so I, uh, I'm, I'm training extremely hard right now. My heart rate variability is a little bit depressed. Um, my sleep is usually okay. It's not great, but I do my best. I, I go to bed at eight o'clock in, in the evening and I wake up at 4 a.m. to train. So uh, anyway, I usually wake up at like three o'clock to go to the bathroom and then kind of go back to sleep. So uh, anyway, I took the ketone, the KE4, the ketone ester, um, and I went to bed and I slept like an absolute rock until a thunderstorm right it's before crazy. i need to wake. it was like a brick and then here one the, the crazier part is and i have no idea if this is just a little quinky dink or what it was but when i woke up in the morning my heart rate variability was 40 points higher than it has been in like three or four weeks and that's and a good thing. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not an expert in the HRV. That's, that's a very good thing. It's a very good thing, especially when you're training. I base a lot of my training off of what my HRV says, because it is always a dictator of whether I'm recovered or whether my, 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 uh, whether I'm overtaxed. And I tell you what, when I wake up and I see my numbers high like that, it's like, booyah, I'm recovered. I am good to go. I can go train like an animal today because cool. this is looking good. Well, I'll give you one warning. It's, it's easy enough for me to accept that and say, look, your HRV is higher. 
there's, if there's a possibility that it artificially makes your HRV higher and you're not really recovered, it just might make your, your the hiccups in your hearts just be a little bit better. It doesn't necessarily mean you're recovered. So you gotta right. keep that in mind. Absolutely. So feel it a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, you know, the crazy thing about it is, is like, I did feel good. I had a great workout that day. I obviously got a great rest. It's too bad. There was a thunderstorm in there to really break it up, but, uh, I barely woke up for that. And that says a lot. Cause I wake up when a pin drops, but, uh, yeah. yeah How's no, your my, deep sleep? Did you, did you, uh, I don't actually track that right now. I don't have a device that tracks it. So, um, I don't know, but I would imagine that was pretty dang good because I was out. And like I said, normally I wake up when a pin drops and I barely and did, did woke you, up. Did you not wake up to pee that night? Because that's a common thing. People say they wake up not. one or two times. Yeah. Nope, so I didn't. Not waking up, like that matters. Like that one wake up isn't a significant interruption in your sleep. And on our Instagram page, we have a whole channel where people have just sent screenshots of their deep sleep and you'll see 20 minutes, 20 minutes, and then pop to 50 minutes, you know, the night that they took the ketone ester. So we don't know why it works. We have some theories. Maybe it increases melatonin, so don't mix it with melatonin. Um, we don't know why it works, but you know Travis Christopherson, the guy that wrote the book, he just one day a year and a half ago said, "Hey, I took a certain certain amount and I slept like a baby." I'm telling you, it, and I've been telling people for I had been telling people for a year not to take it before bed because it's an energy drink. Like, why would you take an energy? But he's like, "No, no, no I slept like a baby. You got to try it." And I don't get good sleep. My wife gets horrible sleep. She's a three-headed she run. A three-headed dragon in the morning that kids know how to <laughs> tiptoe. They tiptoe around her to come to me to wake me up, and I've got to like rush them out to not wake up mom. And then you know, one day or this one week, she started getting up early and like was getting the kids first. I'm like, what in the world happened to you? And she was secretly taking the ketone ester before bed. Um, so we don't know why it works, but if someone were to only take it one way, that would be the way. Even for sports performance, actually for anything. To, to have a tiny amount, sometimes one to two dollars worth of the KE4 drink, have a, just a tiny amount in your system. Now, it doesn't help you go to bed, so you want to take it as close to sleep as possible. I sometimes take a little shot glass and actually walk it over to the nightstand, finish doing what I shouldn't be doing on my phone before I go to sleep, and then the mm -hmm. last second, you know, take it. Maybe one day we'll get a time release, you know, working on that. Um, but we don't know why. It just helps people get significantly more deep sleep. But we've also found if people get zero to 15 minutes of deep sleep, it tends to not, or 10 minutes, tends to not work for them. Like they've got something wrong with the battery that you can't charge the battery. Um, and then people that are already 97% on their aura ring tracking perfect sleep, they don't get more deep sleep. So it's a sweet spot of people in the 20 minutes to one hour that they see uh, a significant difference. And that's you know, one of the, you know, 70% of our Amazon reviews are about sleep, 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 even though we don't make any claims about sleep, you know, the word got out and anybody for a buck or two will, you know, want to get better sleep. And that's my favorite way of taking it is, is before bed. Well, and I thought you were crazy when you were like, yeah, just give it a try and see what you think. Cause I was like, oh, great. I'm going to be up all night, you know, and it was the exact opposite. And I think part of, I mean, my, my deduction from why my heart rate variability was so good was just because I got enough rest to actually recover more thoroughly than I usually do. So the ketones are going to help your heart. So the heart rate variability is just, you know, the perfection of your heart beating. And, and if the ketones help fuel the heart, it, it could be directly related to it being a more efficient fuel source for the heart. There was a paper on heart attacks when they were able to show that, you know, ketones that were in the toes of the subject were sucked all the way up you know, to the heart, you know, for the heart attack. 
So it is absolutely a preferred fuel you know, for the heart. And people doing workouts have noticed and reported 8% uh, lower heart rates for the same you know, performance uh, in their workouts. But yeah, so with the, the quantity though, so men might take uh, one capsule before bed if you're keto, uh, and women might take even half of a capsule if you're keto. If you're not keto, you might have to take double that. And sometimes if you take more, it will wreck your sleep. It'll give you a more shallow sleep. It can give you a second wind. I once came upstairs and you know, was about to go to bed at uh, 11 o'clock and my wife was cleaning the closet. I said, what happened? It's like, oh, the ketones kicked in. So you can take too much. Too much of a good thing is, is, can be a bad thing. And you know, so try tiny amounts. Sometimes I don't even listen to my, my own advice. And I say, oh, tonight I really want a good sleep. I'm going to take two capsules and God damn it, you know, it, sorry about that. It, it, it just didn't work. It, it, it made it worse. So try to find the minimum effective dose and sometimes cycle off of it, you know, once or twice a week. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you brought up that if you're ketogenic and if you're not ketogenic, and that's something that I've started to kind of talk to people about, they're like ketones, like I'm not in ketosis. I don't need that. What are you talking about? And the thing is, is these ketones, and your ketone ester can be utilized if you are a glucose-fueled athlete as well. Yeah, so athlete and also a CEO, people want to use it for their brain. So, so absolutely, I'll go into that. So the, the drink was actually designed by Dr. Veach because he didn't think that people could do the ketogenic diet. That people just, and yes, millions of people are doing it, but hundreds of millions are not. And they just will not change their diet. So he designed it to be able to kind of overcome bad eating, which I don't agree with at all. I think you should take much less ketone ester and eat better and kind of get the best of both worlds. But he designed it assuming that people would not change their diet. So we do have on the bottle keto not required. And yes, you can consume the ketone ester as a non-ketogenic person and still have benefits. But here's the thing. Um, keto people tend to be able, be able to use less and notice a difference. So, th so on, a on a run, they might take uh, one or two, maybe three capsules, but not even three, just one or two capsules of the KE4, and they'll notice a difference versus a fasted ride. A, a non-ketogenic person, they might have to take two or three capsules. So they do need to take a little bit more. The body is not really used to it. There are some enzymes that break it down, and uh, there's something called MCT transporters that actually take the ketones out of your blood and send them to where they want to go. Some people freak out about their numbers not necessarily being high. And I try to explain, you know, if you're keto for two or three years, ketone numbers tend to slide. And people will call me saying, hey, so-and-so said that I had to have my ketones at two or three millimolar, but it's been two years and I'm eating the same thing. But my ketones are going down. Like, don't worry, you're probably, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, you're probably still getting the same ketones, but your ketones in your blood are showing up lower because you have more of the transporters that get them out of your blood and go to your brains and go to your muscles. But back to the, you know, the non-keto athletes. So if they're fasted, they can, you know, we'll see a, an improvement you know, versus, uh, you know, if they're regular fasted and they take ketone ester and fasted, they'll see an improvement. Now, when they normally use gels, that's a little bit trickier. That's called the dual fuel protocol where you have glucose and ketones. So you have both fuels, but it's really tricky because they're kind of competing with each other and you know, the more glucose you take, that's the dirty fuel. That's the fuel that creates lactic acid. That's the fuel that, you know, creates inflammation. So you don't want that much. But if you take too much ketone ester by itself, your blood glucose will drop, especially if you are a non-keto athlete. And I actually just figured this out uh, 
two days ago. So the, the ketogenic, the non-ketogenic athlete, uh, they have to take a little bit more, um, four to, uh, sorry, 10 to 15 mLs. And maybe they can take 20, but then it starts getting expensive, 25 mLs. But once they hit 30 mLs, it'll tank their blood sugar too much. And we had professional athletes taking it on game day. I told them not to. I said, you got to take it at least 10 times in practice. Maybe even take it in practice and not game day. Just, you know, build your muscles and just feel better and have, you know, better workouts. That will reflect your, your, your game day numbers. And he went straight out and he had to drop out halfway through his Ironman, $10,000 prize. He had to drop out because his blood sugar, who knows, maybe hit 50, 60, and his legs were wobbling and feeling just completely zonked like an end of a workout or end of a race. And I said, yeah, when this stuff works, it really works. But when it doesn't work, it can really mess things up. It's not like caffeine. People think you can add caffeine at any moment, beginning of the race, middle of the race. Mm -hmm. all No, you, you have to be more strategic and try it multiple times because everyone's different. But what I just recently discovered was I was also telling the keto people, hey, you also don't want to take too much because your blood glucose will also tank and make you flat. But then I was getting people with continuous glucose monitors and showing me their data and it wasn't dropping the blood glucose. I'm like, what's going on? And you know, Robert Sykes, one of the keto bodybuilders, he, took, friends 60, with them. Yeah. Yeah. he took 60 mLs, huge amount. I'm like, ah, you know, with no, no glucose and just by itself. And he just blew away all of his numbers. So it wasn't consistent with my message. And then I figured out, or actually Travis Christopherson mentioned to me that ketogenic people have the enzymes to break down the ketones and use them more efficiently. And it doesn't drop their blood glucose because the fuel source is there. I don't quite understand yet why you know, the blood glucose drop. What does that have to do with, you know, so I'm still trying to figure that out. But that explains why uh, Sykes was able to do 60 mLs. And then more recently, uh, this one keto cyclist said, hey, you know, I put it in my water bottle. I slow release it, but I don't have the um for that mountain climb. I said, have you tried a big bolus? And I was like, you know, just go for it. You know, uh, take 30 mLs, take a you know, huge quantity, half a bottle of the KU4, the stronger stuff. And, you know, expect low blood sugar. You've got a CGM so you can, you know, dial it back next time. And he came back and my messenger was like, you know, blowing up. He was like, oh my God, my, I, my numbers were through the roof. And like, he didn't have a blood glucose crash and he had this extra fuel source that he was able to, you know, charge up the mountains. So keto people can, can take less, but then they, they also can take much more, but then it becomes a cost benefit analysis. You know, how much do you really want to spend on a daily basis? But again, people think that it's expensive because they can take 30 or $60 a day worth. doesn't mean you have to. And some people find just as much benefit, uh, you know, taking, taking less. I, I really appreciate all that information. And I want to re rewind just a little bit. You were talking about how glucose is a dirty fuel. I say this and people think I'm crazy, but I'm like, when I'm in ketosis, I don't build lactic acid. I don't get this big leg pump. I don't feel like my legs are on fire and I can't go another step further. Like, and people are like, yeah, right. You're crazy. Ketones, I just figured this out two weeks ago. I, I saw some papers before where they saw that they showed that the increase of lactic acid was 50% less with the ketones, but that was a ketones with glucose test. And then I found out that the ketones actually can't make any lactic acid. Zero, none. Like I thought it was less. No, it's just zero. So, I mean, you're still going to have glucose in your system. So you might have some lactic acid even as a keto, even as a keto person, but that's why you're experiencing no lactic acid buildup. So yeah, when you take the ketone ester, it's the clean fuel. 
and people want to take more ketone esters, so then they have to take more glucose, but then the glucose is that dirty fuel. So the ideal world, and we're still trying to figure it out, is how do you, you know, take the right amount of ketones with as little glucose as possible, because that's what creates the inflammation and causes the problems. Well, and I want to touch on that a little bit, because for myself, I know that originally I was doing all of my cycling workouts fasted because I discovered that when I was in deep ketosis, I didn't get that lactic acid buildup. And I was like, well, heck, I'm just going to start fasting 18 hours and then doing my ride. And so I started having the very short eating window and I started doing these fasted workouts. And then I noticed when I started bringing your guys's product in and I, and I do not want to sound like I'm some evangelist of your product. I have never, ever promoted a product on my podcast ever. And I'm, I'm saying wow. that, um, like I, I don't have advertisements on my podcast. I do this solely as a thing to help other people. Um, but I am saying that when I brought your product on board, I noticed a similar reaction happening. Even if I would bring in food, even if I would bring in glucose, um, I noticed that the lactic acid buildup was extremely suppressed. And so then it, that got my wheels spinning even more because I was planning on doing my race totally fasted to try to stay away from lactic acid. Well, when I started experimenting with different nutrition modalities to, dry, to try, try and dial things in for race day, I noticed if I, if I loaded glucose the day before, even though I'm a ketogenic athlete, I would have a higher carb day the day before, and then I would put in a long ride the next day and then use your guys's ketone ester or ketone salts that I had exponential power and a very small amount of lactic acid buildup. Yeah, absolutely. So that's where I think it's actually heading. And when we did one, we supplied a clinical trial in Ireland, uh, our, the KE4 drink, and they were going to do soccer sprinters. And I said, well, you know, it doesn't really work for sprinting, but maybe because it's interval sprinting, maybe they'll be more recovered and they'll have, you know, 95%, 99% top speed along the way. But then, you know, their, their last runs might be faster than the placebo group. So we'll try it out. Um, and by the way, that group also wanted to, do, wanted to do it in the fed state. And they said, well, I said, well, all the previous papers were in the fasted state. It really needs to be fasted. It just doesn't work with food. The ketone numbers just don't rise up. It's just not the same thing. And he said, well, soccer players, you know, they traditionally uh, eat food. And I said, yes, but that's the crux of what we should be testing. Whether that, why do we know that that is right? Why do they eat food? Otherwise, they'll be hungry. Well, what if you're, if you skip your meal, you weigh a pound less, like that's got to be worth something for cyclists, especially you weigh a pound less. But if you can be two to three hours and not hungry, and what they showed in the trial was the sprinting performance was the same. There was no difference. But the, the mental cognition, I said to them, hey, this isn't going to work, but can you at least give them an iPad mental, like, mental test at the end? And they said, oh, yeah, sure. The title of the paper is cognition you know, uh, stabilized throughout the entire workout. They were Initially, I thought that they were getting just a little bit dumber. As you get more tired, your brain fades. I thought they, were, you know, they beat the placebo group. When I saw a presentation six months later, the ketone ester group was flatlined, had an average of two answers wrong where the placebo group started at two and rose to four. So they had double the amount of wrong answers. And the placebo group, I mean, the ketone group was, was just as sharp. So 
here you have, you know, that's, that's the mental benefit, but they weren't hungry. Um, they weren't hungry. So what would have happened if you had skipped that, you know, do that trial all over again and, and skip the meal beforehand. And I actually think that the, that the two answers wrong might've dropped to one answer wrong and just been sh even sharper because glucose is the destabilizing, you know, part of the equation. But so I think it's yeah, so I'm rambling a little bit, but I think the, the fasted state is the unknown variable. Previously, fasted states could never get up to your baseline, but they had other benefits. But now with the ketone ester, it's just a compatible fuel source with that fasting. Get back up to baseline, and I think that's how people are going to do it. And uh, I actually heard that the, the Kenyans who run these you know, two-hour marathons, they don't eat meals beforehand, and they don't drink glucose along the way. Hello? So when I talk to these runners that are two hours and 15 minutes and you know, they're you know, Olympic level, and they say, well, I have to eat beforehand. Well, well, the guys are beating you aren't. So like, where is this, you know, phobia that you have to eat? You know, try this out a couple times. And, you know, the feedback that I've gotten was like, you know, oh my God, I didn't need that uh, granola, uh, you know, whatever they're eating beforehand. Right. And, you know, that's one thing I do have to say, I'm very fortunate that I moved into a ketogenic diet because if I'm in a position where I have to be fasted and I'm, I'm doing a large output, I'm fine. And it's a great to be able to have that metabolic flexibility to kind of sustain myself for a long period of time as far as endurance goes. Here is the one thing that I have noticed though, is my, my heart rate. I need to train at a more oxidative, fat oxidative heart rate than a more glycolytic heart rate when it comes to training. So that kind of rolls back into you talking about power output and, and having to take things down a little bit of a notch while you're training, but then come race day, it can be a whole different ball game. Yeah, we, we had this one non-ketogenic athlete, completely non, he's a marathoner that would eat, you know, pasta load. He took the ketone ester uh, two to three times following the, following the protocol, fasted, uh, and he loved it. And then, but game day, he's like, he added uh, a power bar and a banana. Now, many things can happen game day, GI, you know, butterflies can make gastro things, you know, and he just said it was a horrible race. It was, it was harder, it was slower, just, you know, I just felt not good. And I, he's like, I'm not sure if it was the ketones. Like, yeah, I think it was the ketones and that food. Something happened where insulin spikes just messed it up. You should have stuck with the protocol that worked in practice. Oh, well, I, you know, I can't do a marathon without eating. So the next two weeks, he runs a marathon every two weeks. He did it just in practice and he felt great in practice. And then game day, he was too scared to use the ketones. Said, fine. He went back to his regular protocol. He had an 18 month PR on a course that wasn't hard. He's like, could the ketones still been in, my, been in my system because it felt easy, I felt light on my feet, but I didn't have any ketones. I said, no, you just had two weeks of just recovery and better workouts and you were just, you were just one or two or 3% stronger and that is what carried on to game day. So everyone focuses on game day and that's just not, not necessarily where it's at. And mm -hmm. you know, it takes people sometimes five years to figure out the size of the banana that they wanna eat you know, on their marathon. So why do you think you can just, you know, add this new food and it miraculously works? It doesn't. And you can, yeah, it can mess you up. Absolutely. I'm, and I'm glad you brought that into the picture to talk about it because I think 
not enough experimentation happens sometimes and then people dive into game day and then it's like whoopsies my plan didn't work so that's why ahead of time i am doing a lot of experimentation to see what my plan is and you know you can go like to see how many hours how many hours is your final race going to be approximately like i think it's going to take me about 10 hours hours. i I hope less but it's 6700 feet of elevation gain so So uh, here's the other thing so here's the other (laughs) thing you brought brought it up and i actually was scared i was going to forget so the ketone ester works best in three different scenarios fasted and one could say oh well you're eating some calories versus not yeah but we're talking about minimal 20 calories like nothing like a cup of coffee so it works best fasted versus versus uh Fasted rides versus ketone ester with fasted rides, you know, big difference. Um, but hills, so it works exponentially better on hills. And here's why, and I just learned this one as well, that there's basically four different types of muscles in your system. There's the fast twitch muscles. They have no mitochondria. So ketones can't fuel that muscle at all. Um, so glucose is, it fuels that. But the slow twitch muscles for like a Stairmaster or climbing hills has a significant amount of mitochondria and that can be fueled by both ketones and glucose so on the hills is where it works exponentially better so on the tour de france if they're you know doing a flat section and then they're about to hit a hill that's when you're gonna if we are able to see them that's when they're gonna start chugging the ketone ester before the hill so it works better on on fasting and hills but then also altitude and that has to do with oxygen and how the body uses oxygen how ketones use oxygen people have used it for altitude sickness even so if you're going to be doing altitude and hills uh, hopefully you can practice on it first but uh, i think the ketones will really help but you know try to find out on your longest what's your longest practice run going to be like six hours no i've been doing about 81 miles i want i want to ramp it up but i've been told that i should just keep it where i'm at so how, how many hours is that in terms of, you know, it takes me day. five, it takes me five hours to do okay. 80, 81 okay, miles. So you're doing five hours. So I mean, you can try the ketone esters, you know, s- slow release it. You can put it in your water bottle. Um, if you think you're going to be attacking a mountain, that'd be a time to kind of dose up a little bit more for that mountain mm-hmm. climb and, and see if you can do the entire thing fasted without glucose, without a gel pack, without fats. And mm-hmm. But just because you can do five hours doesn't mean you can do 10 because it doesn't. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do a few things. You can bring it with you, have glucose on reserve. And if you feel like you you need it, switch over. I just, we just don't know. And people ask us all the time, oh, what do you think I should do for this 24 hour workout, 24 hour race? I'm like, I just don't know. Maybe you should just do the protocol that you're used to or switch. You can do the ketones of the first five and maybe switch. We just don't know. Um, you'd have to have a hundred people sending me emails of what they did for a 24 hour race to be able to compile all this stuff. Cause it's not scientific. It's just, you know, anecdotal and we just don't have enough data and they get disappointed because they want some, you know, take one cap full every hour for 24 hours. I just you know, don't know. You got to play with it. Well, and the unfortunate part about that is I think by the time your blood sugar starts to actually slip, it's it's that slope it's it's too slimy and you're like okay you know so um i'm not really sure what i'm gonna do and honestly it's the i have never done something like this i've been a bodybuilder i used to race motocross like i've done all sorts of different sports this 
is a whole new animal and it's a whole new animal I've never touched before. So, um, I'm a personal trainer, I'm a nutritionist. I have, I'm dialed into things and modalities, but it, the fear of the unknown is, is I get at my husband's like, he's like, are you ready for this? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know. I feel great. My workouts are great. 81 miles was a piece of cake. Like I could have gone another 81. I felt like, and it would, and that was great. But what's going to happen with the time constraints? We have a lot of other things going on. Like, you know, you're going to be in the saddle for a longer period of time. You're going to be in a bent over position for a longer period of time. Like there's a lot of things that, that, you know, time also is going to affect as well. And so that's where it's going to get. Yeah. Like your last two hours is when the brain. So if there's a way to get ketones in there just for the brain aspect of that last, you know, wanting to give up and to be able to stay in the zone for 10 hours would be you know, real nice. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope it's faster than 10 hours, but like that's a, there's a time limit of 10 hours. So, and I you mean, do have to watch out for the placebo effect with the esters. We have had people crack it open and they go for a run and I'm trying to, I see them on Instagram saying, now I'm going to go for a run, just took these keys on esters. And I'm like trying to text them, slow down. Cause you're getting the placebo effect where you think that this thing is happening and they're charging out. And sure enough, she, she got gassed and, 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 you know, totally slowed down. And then she saw my text, like, you're gonna, you know, you're, you're placeboing, you're gonna, you're gonna fall flat. She's like, yep, I sure did. So you gotta watch out for the placebo effect. That's important. Um, but for race day, yeah, you gotta be confident, but you, you mentioned motocross. So motocross is a great, uh, way to use ketone esters. We had a couple of professional motocross people unpaid that have done, you know, videos on this. And the first time that one of the guys won, I think it was Jeremy Martin. Um, he won the whole shot the first time that he used the game day, he said that he felt like this time dilation where things were just time slowed down. He could just see the gate drop and just found the line and, and nailed it. Um, but also that, that pump that the motocross people get where their forearms arm pump. Yeah. Well, arm pump. What is that? Isn't that lactic acid? Like It what is, is lactic acid. And so that's a funny pump. thing. We were at the races the other day and I said, man, I told my husband this even, we have been um, retired from racing for nine years now. And we went the other night and we both were kind of itchy for it. And he's like, man, I could see myself starting to race again. And I was like, yeah, me too. But I was like, man, as a ketogenic athlete, I don't think I would ever get arm pump anymore. Yeah. Or even if I wasn't ketogenic, if I Im implemented that in the, your, the exogenous ketones, then maybe it would suppress that a little bit, but also the focus. And like you were talking about the whole shot and like all of that stuff, when you, you can focus so much better. And I do accredit that to some of my rides. Like I've noticed that I can just, I stop, I I'm more into just keeping and keep going. I don't get so like sidetracked with like, I wish this was over or like, dang, this is hard today or whatever. It's not a quiz, focus, that is real. That is real. Yeah. The focus, like when you're sitting there and the gates, it's, I'm telling you, I have never been in such an adrenaline driven thing as a, a motocross gate drop. And you're sitting there with a full gate of riders and everybody's revving their engine as high as it will go. And they're just looking at the gate, waiting for that thing to drop. And when it does, it's just like, like everybody is gone and you need extreme focus. Cause the minute that gate twitches, you need to be able to drop everything and let it roll. And, uh, yeah, I but can definitely see, race, but the end of the race, when people have more accidents and they start taking things for granted and you haven't got this leader that, that makes a little bit of a slip up because his brain is going and that, that trial that showed the soccer sprinters were just as sharp. It's like a fourth quarter quarterback being just as sharp as the first quarter. 
you've got these you know motocross people that can be as sharp at towards the end of the race as the beginning that's ridiculous and then oftentimes they do two different 30 minute motos so then the other huge benefit is the recovery from one to the other um one of the athletes kind of messed up because he'd eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in between because like i have to eat don't i i'm like no no you, you don't and you know that's just super foreign concept to them and you know they'll figure it out they'll mm -hmm. figure it out when they when others start using it more frequently but um the recovery allows that second moto to feel like it's the first and that is just just unheard of to be uh not sore for that second moto so um it's not just for marathon runners and and you know i think it can be used strategically well for even sprinters 200 meters 400 meter sprinters that have to do quarterfinals semifinals and stuff like that and being just as fresh at the end and looser too when you're on a ketogenic diet you're actually more flexible so when you actually drink the ketone ester people have done you know touch, touching their toes they're more flexible so there might be a way where you can actually warm up less so if you're a, a one mile runner you normally have to do a 20 minute warm up well what if there's a way to do a 15 minute warm up and you save more energy and be just as warm quicker so it's it's all very early stuff tons of research still needs to be done to prove everything but you know that's where bi uh, biohackers come in and they try to figure things out five to ten years before you know the science does well and that can be something to be continued right like i'm sure you and i are going to maintain contact and and when, when we do like you're gonna sure ha i'm sure have like a lot more information for us so um yeah is there any other things that you want to touch on that you think are super important when it comes to using ketone esters or ketone salts well you know for uh, we haven't talked that much on uh, like students using it for exams or multi-hour studying and stuff like that. So people have found benefit. This one guy said he got off of his Ritalin was just using ketones and he's like, Oh, you got to overnight FedEx it to me. Cause I have this exam that tomorrow and I'm, and I'm low. And he was just, you know, absolutely loving it. So yeah, to make your, your brain focus. Now I do want to explain people will feel it differently. So I don't feel it the same way as many of my customers. And I, I wish I did. I wish I had, I could take you know, 10 or 15 mLs and have the parting of the clouds. And let me explain one theory. My wife says is a conceited theory because it, yeah, that it's uh, Dr. Kunane talked about this thing called the brain energy gap. And that is where uh, glucose is insufficient and can't fuel the brain completely. So you have this gap. Your brain is only being fueled by 85%, 90%. And ketone esters bypass, bypasses that blockage and fuels the brain back up to 100%. Even a ketogenic person still might be at 90, 95%, and they take the exogenous ketones and it fills them up and they, they notice a huge difference. But if, if for some reason you're at 98 or 99%, you take the ketone ester, it's not really a stimulant. It won't overclock you like caffeine, which then leads to a corresponding crash afterward. It'll just you know bring you up to 100%. If you're already at 98, 99, which I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm at 98, 99, but filling you up to 100% won't be as noticeable as someone that starts at 90 and has a larger, uh, you know, has this bigger gap. So that could explain why you know different people uh, have different reactions to it, whether they're keto or non-keto. Um, we even have people that are keto that drink it. You know, every podcast, uh, Mike Mutzel. He, you know, has huge subscribers, high intensity health. He just did a huge podcast on ketone esters and he, he takes 15 mLs 
before each podcast because just he's already keto so mm -hmm. you know you would think that he's already optimized but he it gives him more laser focus but for me it doesn't work as well in the lower quantities but it does work for my sleep and then if i work out and i don't work out enough but when i work out versus a fasted workout i will notice a difference there so different people different ways and uh, more isn't always better sometimes less uh, some people take too much it drops their blood sugar too much and actually makes them more hungry so the people that are trying to use it for weight loss like oh, i took this thing and it made me more hungry and i'm like well the good news is you took two to three times too much so you can actually take a lot less so uh, that's yeah that's well right and that's one thing like if if somebody takes too much i mean this could be my theory on that maybe they are dropping their blood sugar and so their body is like you gotta eat you know and it, and that's where the hunger is coming from that, that hunger signaling yeah and just grab a couple nuts and you'll be you'll, you'll be fine you'll pop it back up and you'll be stabilized but other yeah. uses for it uh you know i want to find some poker players or some e-gamers so if you know any of those people let me know because i think there's a big opportunity there uh, yeah i don't i can't say that i do excuse me i got a tickle in my throat there um anyhow so yeah like any other thing as far as um health goes that you could find this as a benefit for um it's just for general health there's some papers some papers that talk about longevity uh, dr beach did his quintessential paper was about longevity where he looked at uh all the different animal studies where the animals lived longer and they have each one of them has a different theory that just oh because they ate less food or this and that and his conclusion was it's the ketones stupid which actually mm -hmm. made it to one of the chapters of that book that's that's on him it's a ketones every single one of these studies the beta hydroxybutyrate beta hydroxybutyrate was uh, went up and that is what helps longevity so there's gonna be a lot more research coming out on you know using and drinking ketones for longevity purposes but if i had to choose one thing drinking ketones or you know eating better it would absolutely be eating better i mean the way that most americans eat is just so horrible and they call me and they want to take the ketone ester i'm like no you got to fix these other things first and then come back to me like no you're, you're eating you're drinking oj you're you know i think fruit is the devil to a certain degree because people think that it you know that they're eating super healthy so they load up on a whole bunch of fruit and if you don't have a glucose problem that's fine but if you're having problems that's the first thing you want to be cutting out is is fruit um so yeah i think longevity is the the next phase of you know, you know but it's it's the tough part about longevity is i don't really believe in taking these nad pills because they made mice live longer and you know feeling nothing for 30 days and 60 days uh and not feeling anything just being but being told that it helps for longevity you know i don't really love that aspect of it but if you can actually feel the benefits along the way and then you know it's just a bonus that these papers say that'll help you live longer then then great yeah yeah and you know i i find that really great that you said something about the food because what is it like only 12 percent of, of our country is metabolically healthy there are so many people struggling from metabolic dysfunction and blood sugar dysregulation and they don't even know it because they don't test their blood sugar and then half of the tests out there that you get at your medical professionals aren't even the right numbers that they should be looking for i mean i honestly think that we all need to be an advocate of our health if we're struggling with our weight or how we feel the first thing we need to go do is buy a 30 dollar 
glucose monitor and start checking our blood sugar because that is very, very important if you're thinking about losing weight. And it will also tell you a whole lot about what you're eating and what it's doing to you. Yeah, and add the ketone meter. If, you're, if you decide to go into ketosis, add the ketone meter so you have both of those numbers. Throw away the scale because the, the hormonal releases and the, the adrenaline of having numbers going down, the, the depression when the numbers go up a little bit is probably worse for your hormones and losing weight than anything. So put that, you know, throw that away for 30, 60 days, just focus on the blood ketone meter and mm-hmm. make it a lifestyle. I hate the concept of a diet. If someone says, I'm starting it on Monday, that's a diet. Like, that's a, yeah. If you listen to this podcast and you're motivated to do it, like I'm talking about like right now, like you don't eat that next piece of garbage. You just start eating better and, and make it a lifestyle change forever. Like I don't cycle in and out. You know, there's some science and thoughts around it. And I, you know, the jury's out on that for me. I feel dumber when I eat, you know, a bunch of carbs. So I just don't, I don't feel attracted to cake, but mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of uh, cycling in and out, but you know, other people, you know, with more letters after their name might like cycling in. Which is not <laughs> my thing. I, I I've been experimenting like with it. Yeah, I experiment yeah, yeah. with everything. And, you know, for me, I've noticed that as far as the cycling goes, that I might have seen a benefit from it. Um, you know, and I'm a believer in keeping my body flexible with things. So I don't yeah, want it to be totally. I don't want it to be like, I mean, cause like it could go in my head, it could go the other way around, right? You're in ketosis for so long that you become a, a ketogenic person and, and, uh, not flexible towards glucose. I don't know. I mean, yeah. we, we, all of us ketosis people were like, yeah, well, you're a sugar burner, but what if they, what if they turned that around and they're like, yeah, you're a ketone burner, <laughs> you know, well, like, you, you actually, you, you actually might've, you might actually, maybe I should <laughs> you know actually, you know what? Maybe I should try it because maybe when I say that I feel dumb when I go and, and eat a bunch of, you know, eat some carbs one day, maybe it's exactly that. I'm getting the opposite. I'm getting the, the glucose flu. Like we can trademark that right now. The glucose right. flu. Like maybe I need to, you know, for two weeks, really switch all the way back and then, and then come back. You know, maybe, maybe I'll do that. My wife will be like, what in the world are you? <laughs> you could say it's Connie's fault. She'll be like, who's Connie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> She does it. She does it. She cycles in and out. And when she cycles back in, oh my God, she's, she's just like super misorganizer and like, you know, her energy is through the roof. So maybe, maybe, maybe I should do that. Well, and the crazy thing is, is the longer you're in ketosis, the easier it is to get back. Right. So like, I mean, for example, my family and I, we all went camping a week ago and I've been in ketosis for quite a while. And I was like, eh, screw it. I'm going to have a couple s'mores and, and drink a beer, you know? <laughs> and so I did, I sat around the campfire and that's what I did. And after a week of every night having a s'more and drinking a beer, uh, it was like, okay, I can't wait to go home and just get back into ketosis. And it literally took me not even a day to jump right back into ketosis after that. And so the longer you do it, the more flexible your body is and the, the more easy it, it is to just, you know, pick things back up where they left off. The other thing is, is I, I noticed this was kind of weird. I had a really heavy protein dense meal. I've been checking my ketones more and more on the blood meter, like really trying to dial things in lately. And I had a really high protein day with a little bit less fat. I didn't kick myself completely out of ketosis, but my readings were not as good as they usually are. And I was like, 
crap, I practically kicked myself out of ketosis over a bunch of protein. So that just goes to show you a lot of people are definitely doing it wrong when it comes to just eliminating carbs. It's not just about eliminating carbs. It's about eating a lot of healthy fat too and, and, and not eating a bunch of keto junk food as well. Yeah, the, the increase of protein, that's, that's called the Atkins diet. It's just a different diet. You're not making ketones. Uh, a couple other things I remembered was, so fasting, we talked about fasting workouts, but some people will do 24-hour fasts or even you know three-day fasts. And what they do is they can use the ketone ester. And one guy said, oh, I can do a two-day fast easily. No problem. So now I'm going to try the ketone ester. I said, why? Like, if you already can do it easily, don't take the ketone ester. But if it's, if it's difficult for you, people will take half a capful or one capful every few hours as needed and just help help them get to the 24 hours. So, you know, some people will use it for multi-day fasting or that one meal a day. We talked about that. You can take it a few times during the day and then hopefully you'll be less ravished at that dinner time as well. So allowing you to do that more frequently. And then uh, one thing we didn't talk about was MCT oil, specifically the C8 MCT oil is still kind of a quasi uh, exogenous ketone. First of all, the ketone ester and the MCT oil don't mesh together. It gets people GI issues. We don't know exactly why, mm-hmm. but as long as you keep it three or four hours apart, it's fine. So you could do it in the morning and uh, you could do MCT oil in the morning and then later. I think I did notice that on the bottle. It says take on an empty stomach and no MCT oil. <laughs> so I mean, I, if, if you could get ketone salts with MCT oil work fine, but the way that the C8 in particular, the stronger MCT oil, uh, 15% of it goes through the liver and makes beta-hydroxybutyrate. And that's how the ketone ester works. Half of it is 1,3-butanediol. That goes through, through the liver. So we don't know if there are competing pathways, but people who already have experienced the MCT oil problem, that if you take 10% too much, as a tiny amount too much, even if you're years accustomed to it, it feels like daggers in your gut and just people have you know massive GI problems. So when you mix it with the ketone ester, you know, people have, have experienced that. So, but MCT oil, people don't realize that it's kind of an exogenous ketone. So you might have ketones in your blood. And again, they're thinking that they're burning fat. Well, let's, the way I look at it is the C8 is half of it. Think of it as a fat, like a regular coconut oil. Um, Carrington Farms, liquid coconut oil, super cheap is what I do. I I buy it by the gallons. Um, But half of it is an exogenous ketone. So when you drink it, it's skipping that fat burning mode. It's skipping that fat burning mode and going straight um, through the liver and, and producing beta hydroxybutyrate in your blood. And that blows people's minds that they don't get that drinking that MCT oil, they think that they're in ketosis, but it's this fake, you know, exogenous ketosis. So you got to really watch out for your numbers. If you're looking at your blood ketone numbers and think that you're burning fat, if C8 is in that equation, some of that is artificial. So I don't do any C8. I just do the super cheap Carrington Farms. I don't work for them. Uh, just super cheap. I have it on uh, subscription on Amazon. It comes every two weeks. You know, a gallon. I even put some of it in my in the baby formula because it's mm-hmm. got, you know. I wish it didn't have as much you know high fructose corn syrup and try to get mm-hmm. the lowest I can. But you know, we add extra liquid coconut oil. Mm-hmm. And the benefit there is, so the the C8 you can only take you can graduate to maybe one maybe two tablespoons a day. So then only a, you know, a portion of it is making ketones, or you can have this liquid coconut oil that has just barely any C8, and you can take two, three, four times more of it. 
And when you take more of it, then your ratios of your meals have higher fat in your ratios. So what does that lead to? That leads to real endogenous ketosis. So I'd rather have four times of the cheaper stuff and change my ratios and have endogenous production than you know, take this MCT oil and have the C8 and have this you know, fake uh, ketosis. And people don't quite get that. So no one talks about that because they're trying to sell the C8s. So they don't really explain how it's kind of a quasi. Uh, and, and, and Tim Ferriss, God bless him, he talked about how he puts C8 on his sushi and he stays, quote unquote, in ketosis. Yeah, but but it's fake. You still ate rice. You still yeah. You, know, you still have filled up your glycogen reserves, and you know might not kick them out of real ketosis, but it, it, it's artificial when you when you add the C8. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm not a huge um, MCT oiler myself. I try to get most of my fat through my big fatty steak that I'm eating or grass fed butter on top of that big fatty steak. If you catch I would, my I wouldn't know anything about that because I'm vegan keto. So uh, that, that's not in my, in my wheelhouse. That's a whole new ball game right there. <laughs> to each his own. I'm not preaching it at all. I don't think one's better than, than the other, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, I just do the, the vegan thing. So a lot of avocado, a lot of, I buy the, the olive oil in like five gallon buckets. I buy massive quantities of that and the coconut oil. And, but I try to get a lot of greens and greens, 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 mm-hmm. um, even if they're not technically keto, I just still think you need those, the actual nutrients as opposed to just a bunch of oil. What else do you bring in as far as when you're ketogenic and you're a vegan like that? Lots of, lots of nuts. So nuts is like, I mean, I go to Trader Joe's and I stick my arm out and I just roll down the aisle and just grab like every single <laughs> one of those nuts. And I, I make a great nut cereal. I literally get this, you know, $20 a chopper machine, uh, the hand pull chopper machine. I chop all these nuts up and I put a bunch of shredded coconut. And if I'm going to be doing breakfast as opposed to skipping it, if I just you know want that sensation, I have this nut morning cereal and I might put a little bit of unsweetened uh, nut milk. I try to buy nut milk that is unsweetened with the highest fat content. If you buy these things that say 30 grams of uh, calorie or 30 calories, all you're buying is water. So mm-hmm. I do the opposite of, I look at the highest number, as long as there's no sugar, then the highest number of calories, the highest number of fat, and you know, Trader Joe's might sell one that's simply almond, put that on, squirt some of that liquid coconut oil on, maybe put some erythritol on it, and I'll have my you know, nut morning cereal with coconut shredded. Um, peely nuts, I absolutely love peely nuts, they're super expensive. They are, yeah, but, they are, but they're good, they're like a buttery fat type of taste, yeah, yeah. My kids eat them, I'm like, why are you eating those, like, eat these cashews, eat these cashews. <laughs> like, do you realize that that handful that you just grabbed is like three dollars, what are you doing? And that you dropped on the floor in the back seat of the car or whatever. <laughs> so so we, we, we cut them with macadamia nuts, so it'll be a mix of this and that, but that, peely nuts, uh, peelyhunters.com, my buddy Jason over there we even gave uh he had some stuff expiring in a couple months we gave everyone that ordered keto nest or some peely nuts um that stuff has the highest fat by far so I love it love it I buy like two pounds on subscription so the maximum so I can get the price down as much as possible two big huge pounds so lots of nuts and one tip I gave one guy trying to lose weight I said you know uh raw nuts if you're trying to lose weight and salted nuts if you're trying to gain weight because you'll eat the raw nuts when you're hungry and you'll stop. But if you're trying to gain weight and some people you know, do need to gain weight, you have these salty nuts and you'll eat beyond your, you know, beyond your fuel needs. 
Uh, so I'll have a lot of nuts around, a lot of avocados, uh, smoothies, uh, usually skip breakfast, and then lunchtime I might do some green powder, big chunk of ginger powder, big chunk of turmeric, and a handheld blender, and just, you know, that's just a quick little thing to, to be my lunch or skip lunch, and then dinner time. Um, cauliflower rice is a big thing, so I get mm. two huge chunks of uh, cauliflower, and I chop them up and put them into quart-sized bags, throw them in the freezer, and that's my daily. That's, you know, I like it to be more of my daily, but I'll just take out a bag and make an entire quart of just cauliflower rice with a bunch of, with a bunch of olive oil and the kids will eat it as well. Uh, it's similar enough to rice or they'll eat half rice, half cauliflower rice. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but they're, they're definitely not keto, but sometimes if my son gets chin splints and is crying for multiple days, we'll have him go keto mm-hmm. and it just goes away. Care of it. Yeah, I know. That's one thing that I noticed for me definitely is inflammation wise. I have about zero inflammation when I'm ketogenic, but holy smokes, when I am not, it's like the, like those s'mores and that beer, I'm telling you, it was rough. I was waking up with my eyes all puffy and swollen and my joint well, kind of started to hurt. And I was well, like, you're, you're hey. like this, we're working on another product uh, that would allow you to not have to drink a beer and mm-hmm. still be ketogenic and still have similar sensations. Hmm. So it's, uh, yeah. The funny part was I don't even drink it. I hate the feeling that it makes me get. Like, I don't like to feel, I mean, for me, like one beer makes you relax and you're just kind of like, eh, me, it's a taste. I just like the taste, you know? Um, It's like there is something back to my younger years where you relax and you have a cold beer, you know? Uh, But uh, yeah, and and back to your vegan keto, that really um, interests me because- a lot of people that are vegan eat really poorly. Yeah, I was going to, um, that's the next thing I was going to say. Just because you eat vegan and people lose weight when they eat vegan. Why? Because they eat vegan healthy at the beginning and then they find the shortcuts and they start eating vegan crap. So yeah, yeah vegan yeah. is not synonymous with healthy. Right. And so it, I like to hear the way you're doing it. It sounds like, I, I mean, a great thing. How about amino acids? Like, how do you feel about that? I mean, not to grill you on your personal life, yeah, but I always get I, curious. I I, I don't add those things, but I, I do eat dirt. I eat, I mean, if I go to a restaurant, I'm only ordering from the side menu and I'm bringing that liquid coconut oil and I'm pouring that on everything or I'll, mm-hmm. I'll skip a meal or I'll just be the leftovers of, you know, eating other people's stuff. I don't tend to uh, like going out to restaurants because I don't think that that food's good, but I, you know, I'm not perfect. I mean, I don't want to be one of those people that get caught on film, you know, being at a restaurant, eating something that's unhealthy. I'm, I'm not perfect i mean there are some you know no cow bars that are these protein bars that probably aren't good for you they're processed that Mm -hmm. i sometimes eat but for the most part i try to keep it clean but no i I don't i don't incorporate amino acids maybe i should learn more about that yeah you know here's a little gem for you in case you're curious um dr david minkoff he's the formulator of um perfect amino which is a like really good amino complex like you two guys, you and your ketone esters and him and his, uh, his perfect amino, you guys would probably hit it off and have a fantastic conversation, but, uh, he's got a lot. um, Ben Greenfield absolutely adds them. That's part of his protocol is amino acids. Ben Greenfield uses Dr. Minkoff's, um, 
perfect aminos. I'm pretty, I'm a hundred percent sure. Cause he wrote the forward in Dr. Minkoff's book about it, but it's really interesting book about amino acids. So just to throw that out there on the sidelines, you could take a, I bet you, if you contacted them on LinkedIn or something like that, they would send you information on it because they're a great company and the guys are all super awesome. So Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I've been explored that. I mean, there's just so much stuff. There's so much stuff to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I'm not a huge supplement person, but, uh, there are a few good things out there I think that can be utilized. And so, yeah, anyway, I think we covered a lot today. I'll have to have you back once you get some more research in and you start doing more stuff. It was fun to have you. If people want to find you, where do they find you? I know you've got, I'm not a Facebooker, but I know you have Facebook groups and things like that. Yeah, so we have a Facebook group, so you can you know, go to ketoneaid.com, and at the top it says community, and you can join the Facebook group, and people share their protocols, and sometimes people text me and say, hey, this didn't work, or this was horrible, and I said, go post it on the group, and they're like, you want me to post something that was negative? I'm like, yeah, I want everyone to actually learn and manage expectations, so people will talk about their protocols, whether it's sport, or losing weight, or fasting, um, so you can do that, and you can also email me directly frank at ketoneaid.com. I get a lot of people, well, not a lot, a few people email me and I email back and they're like, oh my God, I didn't think you'd really email back. So yeah, absolutely. Email me and uh, try and help you out. Awesome. Well, it's great to see you guys putting a great product in. Um, I'll more than likely be implementing it in my race in another well, when this, when this airs, it'll probably be about game time, but, uh, uh, yeah, in another couple of weeks here. Um, and I keep doing good things. It's great to see a company out there that is saying, Hey, we're not perfect or this happens or that happens you're willing to share the good and the bad and the possibilities around it and further researching other possibilities that follow it. So that's really cool. All right. Thanks a lot. Well, everyone, that wraps up my interview with Frank Yosa. I'm so excited that you joined me and listened to the episode today. I hope that this episode was informational for you and that I will see you again in a week. Before we wrap it up, don't forget you can find Frank on Facebook, on Instagram under Ketone Aid, and you can also find him at ketoneaid.com. Uh, also don't forget you can go on to my website is connienightingale.com nightingale like the bird and I have lots of recipes um, information about me about all sorts of things that I write up in my blog my thoughts all sorts of fun things like that so anyway feel free to pop on over to my website as well and I will see you next week 